Hello, this is Shirley Comer, and our topic this week in Nursing 330 is the breast and axilla. When we're doing a focused assessment of the breast and axilla, of course, our uh, assessment always starts with a good uh, history, a good gathering of subjective information. Some of the information that is relevant to an assessment of the breast and axilla would be any complaints of pain, any discharge, any swelling, uh, any surgery in the area, any tenderness, any lumps, rashes, trauma, any self-care or self-examination practices that are being done. And remember that breast cancer can also occur in men, so we do do a breast examination of men as well as women. And remember that as with all of our assessments, we organize ourselves by going inspection, palpation, percussion, auscultation. So we're going to start with inspection. For the breast, you want to inspect the breast for size and symmetry. One breast may be slightly larger than the other. This is very common. However, they should be basically uh, the, same, um, the same shape and, and within the same size range. The skin should be smooth and non-reddened. There should be no bulges or dimpling in the skin, and there may be some fine blue lines um, avail uh, that are uh, visible, especially in uh, Caucasian or lighter-skinned individuals. Uh, and there may also be striae uh, present in lighter-skinned individuals. They may be uh, red if they are new, and the striae in uh, lighter-skinned individuals tend to fade to a silvery color, and in darker skinned individuals they may be uh, purplish or, or brownish in the beginning and then fade down into more of a white to silver color. Um, the nipple should be uh, midline. Uh, both nipples should be pointing in the same direction. There should be no discharge or retractions. Discharge from the nipple in a non-lactating female is always abnormal. So uh, if the woman is non-pregnant and non-lactating, that is an abnormal finding. Uh, you also want to note any lesions on the nipple, especially in nursing mothers. You want to screen for retractions. And a retraction is a dimpling or a puckering of the skin. So you ask the patient to bend at the waist. You also ask them to lift their arms in the air, and both breasts should move symmetrically. Ask them to put their hands on their hips and press their hands together in front and, and in back. And again, the muscles and the uh, tissue should all move symmetrically. You want to inspect and palpate the axilla. You want to inspect the skin. Uh, you would support the patient's uh, arm and move the fingers in a circular position um, through the axilla. Normal, normally, lymph nodes are not felt. However, an enlarged lymph node can be present when there's a local infection, and it can also be present in breast cancer with metastasis. In breast palpation, you should ask the patient to lay down. You may want to put a small towel underneath their shoulder blade to raise the breast a little higher, to up to breast tissue up toward the skin a little higher, and ask the patient to put their hand underneath their, uh, underneath their uh, head. Uh, use the, the pads of the first three fingers to uh, palpate in a rotary fashion. Don't use your fingertips, but use the pads of the fingers. 
you want to use a rotary motion and you want to assess the breast using light, medium, and then deeper palpation. And you want to cover the entire breast. In the past, the American uh, um, Cancer Society has uh, suggested a circular, uh, a spiral kind of a motion. Now they are suggesting a a up and down uh, pattern. However, any pattern that covers the entire breast, including the tail of Spence, uh, is acceptable. And this slide here does show you uh, how you uh, to use uh, what part of the hand you need to use in order to do the palpation. Not the fingertips, but the pads of the of the three middle fingers. Um, remember that all breasts are somewhat lumpy and the palm is too insensitive and the fingertips are too sensitive so you want to use the, the pads in between. Remember that nulliparous breasts, meaning breasts of women that have not been pregnant, um, feel more elastic and firm than postpartum breasts which often feel softer and looser. Uh, premenstrual tenderness is common uh, and that's related to increased progesterone levels. Um, heat, redness, and swelling in a non-lactating breast indicate inflammation. Actually, in a lactating breast, that would also indicate uh, inflammation also. But uh, you would expect um, to see that more common in a lactating breast. Um, it, it, that is considered mastitis. However, and it, lactating or non-lactating, if you find that, it is an, ab an abnormal experience. And it should be um, documented and appropriate interventions uh, should be implemented. Um, you do want to palpate the nipple also. The nipple should uh, should not be the nipple should um, not be retracted, meaning it should be able to uh, be extended. Um, there should be no masses. There sh you should gently squeeze the nipple. Note any discharge. Again, discharge in a non-pregnant, non-lactating woman is abnormal. This slide shows you the palpation technique using a rotary sensation or rotary motion with your fingers and using the pads of the fingers. And this slide uh, shows you that the breast tissue goes uh, not just in the area immediately surrounding the nipple, but also extends up almost into the axilla, into what they call the tail of Spence. So you need to be sure that any of your assessment technique, whether you use a spiral or a side-to-side -side or an up-and-down um, pattern to cover the entire breast, covers that tail of Spence also. If you do locate a lump, you want to note its location, its size, its shape, its consistency, its mobility, uh, any tenderness, and whether the edges are distinct. Um, a, a fixed, non-movable, hard, non-tender lump is more consistent with a malignancy than is a tender, movable um, lump. So, but you do want to uh, document all lumps, uh, no matter where they're found. Now, in some some women have uh, cystic uh, cysts in the in the breast. Or some have fibrocystic disease. Uh, some um, just have a, a one or two cysts or lumps in the breast uh, normally. In that case, you would want to, after these lumps have been identified as being. Um, fibrotic cysts, you want to note the locations of those and note if there's any changes in those in subsequent assessments. In the male breasts, uh, normal male breasts have a flat tissue of undeveloped breast tissue beneath the nipple. 
uh, and this is where you're going to do your uh, palpation. So you'll right around the nipple, you will be palpating uh, for that flat disc of breast tissue. In adolescence, some uh, male adolescents experience something called gyne gynecomastia, which is an enlargement of this breast tissue, and they they have. Um, a slight uh, look to the breasts as though they actually do have developed breast tissue. This is a result of hormones during um, adolescence. It can, although uh, in older men, be a drug a reaction to a, a side effects to a drug or a disease process. Many of the medications that are used to treat prostate cancer uh, include estrogen because estrogen slows the rate of growth of the prostate tumor. However, these can uh, cause men to develop secondary um, sex characteristics of females, especially in uh, breast development. Uh, they do try to keep the dosages small, but this does happen every once in a while. So that is something that could happen. can also be an indication of uh, hormonal um, uh, imbalances, pituitary disorders, adrenal disorders, and so forth that might be influencing the um, production of uh, testosterone in the men. In adolescence, it, it's often temporary and it's often unilateral. Um, however, if it persists, it should be investigated. The American Cancer Society has made changes to the recommendations for breast cancer prevention, and I've provided you with the link here on this slide to the uh, latest information and the latest recommendations that the uh, American Cancer Society is um, uh, recommending for, for women. They recommend a clinical breast exam, be, meaning a breast exam that's done by a healthcare practitioner such as a nurse, um, advanced practice nurse, physician, a physician's assistant, um, starting uh, at least every three years in, in, through the 20s and 30s. Then at age 40, they recommend that this exam be done every year. They're also recommending that mammography be done every year beginning at age 40 for women. This is a change. They used to recommend that it be, that it be done every other year. Um, they are recommending an MRI be done yearly for women who are at high risk. And uh, a couple of the categories of high-risk women are those who have the uh, BRCA gene, which is the gene that has been linked to breast and uterine cancer in women. This is a gene that can be screened for, and it is uh, indicated for women who have a first-degree relative who had breast cancer. Uh, and this uh, gives you an idea if you have a genetic predisposition for breast and uterine cancer. The issue with the BRCA gene screening, however, is that um, this type of genetic breast cancer makes up less than 10% of the types of, uh, of the incidence of breast cancer. Over 90% of breast cancer uh, sufferers do not have a positive screen for a BRCA gene. So this, uh, it's not a helpful tool for folks who do not have a strong family history of breast cancer. Also, the, the gene does not have a 100% penetrance, so just because you um, test positive for the BRCA gene doesn't mean you're going to get breast or uterine cancer, and just because you test negative for it doesn't mean that you won't. But it can be used as a screening tool. Um, our discussion for this week talks a little bit about this uh, gene uh, and gives you some more information about it if you're interested. And if you do have a family history, um, you should look into whether or not this is an option for you. 
anyone who also has a first-degree relative is considered at high risk, and anyone who's had other forms of cancer may also be considered at high risk. If you're curious about this, the link to the American Cancer Society gives a comprehensive list of women who are considered to be at high risk. Um, the biggest change in these recommendations is that they are now saying that the monthly self-breast exam is optional. They are saying that, it, that uh, research hasn't shown that a monthly self-breast exam has done a better job at recognizing uh, lumps than, um, than yearly mammography. So they have decided to switch the recommendations to yearly mammography versus a self-breast exam uh, monthly. However, they do suggest that women uh, become familiar with the texture and the consistency of their own breasts so that they can notice if there are any differences. And they do still recommend teaching self-breast exam, but they do now list it as an optional uh, pre uh, preventive uh, measure, early detection measure, and not as a, uh, uh, as a strong recommendation as it had been listed in the past. Some age-specific considerations. In infants, especially neonates right after birth, uh, they can secrete a little bit of um, uh, milky se secretion from the breasts. Even male infants can. This is a result of uh, exposure to the uh, maternal hormones. Um, it's been called a witch's milk is a kind of a, uh, a lay term for this phenomenon. Um, it happens in the first few weeks of life. It should disappear. And the breasts may be slightly enlarged at birth also. Um, adolescent female breast development can occur usually between the ages of 9 and 13. However, individuals vary widely on when this development occurs. Um, it can be delayed by poor nutrition or hormone imbalance. Um, and lumps that are felt in adolescent females are usually benign breasts, breast lumps. However, they should still be investigated. In a pregnant female, the breasts and nipples do increase in size, and the vascularity of the breasts become much more visible on the surface. They may develop striae. Um, their nipples become darker and more erect, and the areola widens, and it contains uh, small scattered Montgomery glands, those are kind of those little bumpy glands that are on the areola that are uh, around the nipple. They may also start to express that thick yellow uh, colostrum after the first trimester. And um, into the later trimesters, um, a lot of women experience difficulties with leaking of fluids from the breast and end up wearing uh, breast pads in the last few, um, last few weeks of their pregnancy. In lactating females, um, the colostrum uh, changes to milk at approximately the third day postpartum. Remember, the colostrum is that part of the breast milk. It's the first uh, feedings that contains the um, uh, immunoglobulins that help protect the infant against uh, certain forms of infectious uh, processes in its early life. Remember that the infant doesn't have an intact immune system, really, and a child doesn't really develop it until about five or six years old. So that uh, colostrum feedings from the mother are very helpful in providing those immunoglobulins to help protect the infant against um, different types of infectious processes. And that's why, uh, especially uh, breastfeeding advocates, do advocate strongly that if a mother uh, decides she doesn't want to breastfeed or is having trouble that she at least does the first week or so as much as possible in order to uh, give the, the infant the benefit of that colostrum. 
Um, in a, a lactating female, the breasts may become engorged and reddened and shiny. They may feel warm, and the nip. Uh, th and this, these are signs of mastitis. The best treatment for sore and engorged breasts in a lactating female um, is. Um, frequent feelings by the infant. However, if the mother has decided not to breastfeed or there's contraindications toward it, um, this may be very a painful period until the uh, breasts uh, take the hint that, that there is no infant who will be uh, feeding and stop uh, making the, the uh, breast milk. So you may need to uh, apply some, uh, you know, warm warm compresses. There are some medications that can be used for discomfort. However, they don't use the medications that dry up the breast milk anymore because of um, some very severe side effects um, that uh, can happen and some long-term issues um, as a result of those use. So those have been discontinued. The aging breasts may become pendulous and flattened. Um, most of the pictures you see in self-breast uh, examination uh, treatment photos are of a younger person's breasts and they do tend to be um, you know, firmer and uh, more rounded. As you age, the, the uh, connective tissue tends to loosen and the breasts become more pendulous. The nipples may point downward toward the floor and in older women sometimes the breasts will even you know, rest down into the abdominal cavity when they're um, not supported by a bra. So in that instance, the technique of um, using your three, the pads of your three fingers may not be very effective because the breast tissue is so flattened. Um, in that instance, the most effective uh, means of assessing that pendulous breast is to put one hand up underneath the breast and the other hand on top of the breast and to do that rotary motion with your fingers in between your, in between your two hands so that you can feel the breast tissue in between your two hands. Um, and this can be done for, for uh, younger women who have very large breasts that become pendulous because of their size. Um, the nipples may retract as they age, but they should easily uh, be, be able to be pulled outward. They may feel granular with prominent milk ducts because of the decrease in the subcutaneous fat. And women over 50 have an increased risk of breast cancer. So they, in the past, we have stressed self-breast uh, exam. And even though the American Cancer Society says that they're optional, I would still suggest them as a good uh, screening method for, uh, for women. But we also want to make sure that they're aware of the new guidelines that uh, uh, require a mammogram uh, yearly. So uh, in a self-breast exam, you would instruct the woman to do it monthly. Uh, in the past, the, uh, require, or the suggestion has been to do it premenopausally or on the last day of the menstrual cycle. Um, and this, this works well for women who have regular periods. If you have irregular periods, though, try to do it on the same day each month. And this is just a way to um, kind of control for any changes that uh, the changing hormone levels might have on the tenderness and the consistency of the breast tissue and of any lumps that might be present. Men could also benefit from a monthly exam as well as doing their, their testicular self-exam. And you want to report any abnormal findings or changes to the primary health care provider. So our practice exam question for this week is, your sister has fi fibrocystic disease of the breasts and, you, uh, and, and, and consistently has many lumps in her breast. She mentions to you that she felt a new, hard, unmovable lump this month. What would you advise her to do? A. Disregard it. It's probably another cyst. B. 
Check to see if it's bigger next month. C, tell her doctor about it at her next yearly pap smear. Or D, make an appointment to see her primary health care provider as soon as possible. And of course, the correct answer is D. Uh, a, um, any new lump should be investigated, but a malignant mass is suggested by a hard, non-movable, non-tender lump. So if uh, this will be posted as a podcast as well as the slidecast, um, remember that you can subscribe to the podcast um, by clicking on the subscribe in uh, iTunes or subscribe in Yahoo Music buttons on the bottom of the podcast page. If you have any questions about any of the material here, please don't hesitate to contact me.